Would you turn this evening to the book of Psalms, Psalm 103, and then also find in the book of John, chapter 8, Psalm 103, and then John chapter 8. We've been speaking on these Friday evenings. I think this is our 11th session on this particular topic, talking about the works and the ways of Jesus. And uh, we are also reading the New Testament through as a church, one chapter a day, Monday through Friday, one chapter a day. And I know you could read more than that, but it's not about how much you can do. It's about consistency and it's about releasing faith. And don't want you to scan it. Don't want you to speed read it. Don't want you to wait till the end of the week and read all five. Read one carefully with all the faith that you can muster to expect, to understand. If you want to, read it again from another translation. And look to see Jesus and how he operated and how he responded. And learn, we want to learn his ways. Psalm 103, are you there? Psalm 103 Verse 7 said, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Many people know what he's done, but they don't understand how he works. They don't understand his ways. God is a person. The Lord Jesus is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person, a knowable person. Just like you've gotten to know people in your life, you can get to know the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as you do, you'll find out there are things he likes and there are things that he does not like. And you'll learn that there, he has a lot of ways that he does things. In fact, you'll never learn all his ways. He'll be constantly surprising you. It's about time you think, well, yeah, I know how he works now. Then he'll do it a different way. And you go, okay. Hadn't thought about that. And that's going to happen the rest of your life. He's a wonderful, wonderful, so diverse, so many splendored person our God is. But he's knowable. You can get to know him. Amen. And the more you know him, it just helps you in so many ways. There's some things you don't even pray about the better you know him because you just know there's no need in asking about that. You know him well enough to know that. And there's some things you don't have to labor about is it his will or not because you know him well enough. You know, as a little boy, some of my friends sometimes would say, well, won't you go ask your folks if you can do this or that? And there's several times I said, no, ain't no need in asking. Why? Because I knew what they were going to say. And there were a few times I did come on and ask anyway and got the answer I expected. And I thought, well, you learn, ain't no need in asking that. Do you know uh, people who are asking, well, Lord, save me if it's your will? They don't know him. Right? Because if you knew him, you'd know it's his will to save you. Well, you still got people too, though, that saying, Lord, you know, if it's your will, uh, send me some money to pay my bills. To pay my rent. Well, you don't know him very well. Or you wouldn't ask questions like that. Well, Lord, if it's your will, heal me. Well, why did he take stripes? 
Why did he bear your sicknesses? Why did he carry your pains? Why did he tell you with long life I'll satisfy you? Show you my salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. A lot of times when people are asking certain questions and praying certain things without meaning to, they're revealing they don't know him. Or at least not very well. Now I didn't say they weren't saved. You can be born again, but hardly know God. Barely know God. Well, we're searching the scriptures. We're reading and looking to see what are his ways. And so today we're going to talk about in John 8. We're going to wind up in some scriptures that we've been reading over in Luke. Talking about the ways of Jesus. You'll find that Jesus emphasized strongly following God fully. Everybody say following. Following. Fully. In John the 8th chapter. John 8 and verse 12. John 8, 12. Jesus spoke and he said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. Man, that's a good word, isn't it? How many believe that would bespeak a good life, a life of victory? A life of overcoming. If you're walking in the light, you're not stumbling around. Right? You're not running over stuff that you didn't know were there. Jesus said, I am the what? Light of the world. You know, what if somebody dropped you off in the middle of the jungle down in South America where they got big jaguars and everything else that could just eat you up for a snack and, and uh, Dropped you off with a guide and he's got the light. They drive off and here you are in the middle of the jungle and this guy starts off following this trail with, he's got the light and he knows the country. If you were smart, what would you do? (laughs) You'd stay real close. Is that right? To the man with the light and the man who's been there before, who knows where he's going. They come to a fork in the trail and he starts down this rough place with his machete and he's chopping and you look at the other place and it just looks like a whole lot easier way to go. And you say, well, hey, this looks a lot easier. I'm just going to go this way. You never been there. You don't know. He says, "Uh uh-uh, no, you don't want to go that way. Just stay with me. And you go, no, I'm going to go this way. So you peel off from him and you start going down this road. You begin to go away from the light. Because he's got the light. What's going to happen to you? Further away you get. The darker it's going to get. And after a while. You're going to start hearing noises in the bushes. And you can't even see your hand. And uh, you'll be a memory. You'll be a meal for some animal out there. In the jungle. And you might think. Well that would be ridiculous for somebody. People do that every day. Walking on this earth. Jesus has been here. He made it victorious through this life. He overcame every enemy, overcame every trial, every test, and has risen from the dead. Amen. Triumphant over death, hell and the grave. He doesn't just have the light. He is the light. And he said, stick with me. Stay close. 
to me. Follow me. And yet you got people every day going, well, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go this way. And that's why that they get devoured by the wolf, by the destroyer. But if you're smart, tell me again, if you're smart, what will you do? Stay close. I'm telling you, if they stop real sudden, you're going to hit them. Right? I mean, you're going to be just like their shadow. And that's what the psalmist said. He said, Lord, my soul follows hard after you. Amen. I'm going to stay right here really close. If you're smart, you'll live close. You'll walk close because there's safety there. There's light there. Amen. You can see what's going on. You don't trip and stumble over everything. I mean, if we turned you loose in this in this auditorium tonight and turn all the lights off, there are emergency lights, but if they were off too, you might have a time finding the door back there. Next, you might bump somebody's nose and knock their Bible off and, you know, mess around in here for 30 minutes and still not find where it is. Oh, but all we got to do is turn these lights on. You just look and hit the aisle and go right straight to the door. And that's the way it is in life. People are bumping along and they're scrambling and they're falling and they're confused and don't know which way to go. But when the light is on, you just see what to do. You know what to do. Amen. And it's easy and you do it and it works. Say, I'm going to follow close. Well, skip over to Luke, if you would. The fifth chapter. And we read this, I guess, last week, didn't we? Luke chapter 5. And notice how Jesus operated. We're looking at his ways. And we know that he hasn't changed. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he operated this way then, he still operates this way now. If he did it with them, he'll do it with you and me. Because he's no respecter of persons. And he never changes. In Luke 5. And look down in verse 10. Luke 5, 10 said, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, fear not, from henceforth you're going to catch men. And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and they followed him. Everybody say that out loud. Forsook all and followed him. Now, if you read Matthew's account, which y'all have done in your reading, and you read Mark's account, now you read Luke's account, you'll see they all mention the same thing. John even talks about some of the same things that he called for Peter, and then he called for James and John, and the moment he called them, they walked away from everything, and they followed him. These guys, now when it says they forsook all, you've got to understand, it's talking about, you know, uh, James and John. Sons of Zebedee, they had a fishing business. Zebedee's fishing company. They had employees. Well, they must have been doing okay, huh? And the Bible says they walked away. They walked away from everything and followed him. And you'll see again and again, he'd come by and, well, just turn uh, in uh, the ninth chapter. No, excuse me. Same chapter, first, verse 27, 527 first. He said, after these things, he went forth and he saw a publican, a tax collector named Levi, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said to him, what? And then what did he do? He left all 
rose up and followed him. How many understand your job, your company means just the same to them then as it does to us now. And to just get up and walk away. Somebody said, well, I can't leave now. This is my job. I'm here on my post. I got to stay. When Jesus says, come. If you're smart, what will you do? You will get up and not even look back. And follow him. Everybody say, follow him. Skip on over to the ninth chapter. Luke 9. And verse 23, 9, 23, Jesus said to them, if any man will come after me, then uh, just let him give me whatever time's convenient, because I know people are busy. He said, let him what? You don't hear a lot of preaching on that, do you? Let him what? Deny himself. And take up his cross every day, daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life, what will happen? Lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake, the same will save it. Now friends, this is why you'll see people work hard and just work night and day and not go to church and not pray and not seek God and just give themselves full time to their business, to their family, to their self. I understand most of the world is doing this. And a lot of times it seems like they're making good progress and even maybe do make some progress and next thing you know, the bottom falls out. How many of you can have all kind of good plans and then come up and hear you, you got a terminal disease? Now what? You had it all planned up and then something happens in the economy that nobody ever counted on. Friend, there's nothing in this life that's certain and secure, just in the natural. The only way to know that you're going to be taken care of is to follow him. But listen carefully now. Do you know what it costs to follow Jesus? That's exactly the right word. It costs everything. I don't think this has really been preached maybe to the full extent that we should have. People, you know, leave the idea, well, just come to Jesus and give your heart to him and that's it. No, that ain't even remotely it. (laughs) The Lord requires of us as Christians Everything to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, and to give Him everything and to live every day to please Him. Now, you may be a believer because you believe on Jesus, but you're not really a Christian and you're not really a disciple of His unless you commit to follow Him fully and you live for Him. Amen. And if he says move, you move. And if he says do this, you do it. And if he says don't, you don't. Amen? Which means you wind up losing your life. (laughs) Yeah, but I had this plan, so. Yeah, but I wanted to do this. Now, I know from experience, you know, most people don't live like this. But Phyllis and I were able, by the grace of God, to begin to make these commitments many years ago. 
And I'm telling you what, it's a different kind of living. That's why I'm up here talking to you in Branson tonight. I had a nice little nest fixed after 20 years down in Tulsa. I was getting comfortable. Had things fixed and had things set up the way I wanted them to be. and Had some plans and the Lord says move to Branson. I thought Branson. We'd only been up here three times or four in 20 years. I've been to one show. And thought it was great. Thought it was a pretty place. But move? Sell everything? That's not the first time the Lord's dealt with us. We were over in Mississippi. Minding our business. I had my little 1937 Ford Coupe. Just about completed. Had my motorcycle. Had my dog. Had a pretty wife. I thought I'm doing okay. Lord says uh uh. I got something for you. Want you to move. Broken arrow. I thought I never heard of a broken arrow. <laughs> How many understand that it messes with your life? Doesn't it? But oh I'm so glad. I said I am so glad. That I didn't sit there and hold on to my little bitty stuff and my little bitty vision and think, well, I can't give up my hot rod. I can't give up my dog. (laughs) I left my hot rod sitting in the yard. Just drove away from it. Left my dog with some other people. He was my dog. I mean, I rode in the back of my truck and caught my frisbee. How many know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Left my dog. Do you know there are people who have absolutely missed the will of God for their life over a house? I mean, it's ignorant, but it happens every day. Absolutely missed the will of God for their life because of relatives. I can't leave mama. Then you can't serve Jesus. If there's anybody or anything that you're more committed to than you are him, then you can't be his disciple. I didn't say that. He said that. Didn't he? Let's look at it. Let's keep reading. If you don't like this tonight, come back another time. Because we preach all kind of messages around here. But that's what it's going to be tonight. So down in verse 57 of this same verse, chapter, excuse me, verse 57. Luke 9, 57, it came to pass as they went in the way. So we read this a couple of days ago, didn't we? Came to pass as they went in the way, a certain man said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. There's a, (laughs) you know why Phyllis is laughing over here? Because I don't know how many people has told us that. Oh, brother Keith, the Lord's called me to help you. I'm a, whatever you need to do, I'll do it. And you never heard from him again. <laughs> or it was just great and fine and dandy till the honeymoon was over. And they found out there was going to be some actual work involved. And some of them just tell you and tell you and tell you and tell you. And finally you call, you send word or something. You know, well, we could use help on this. Oh, well, mm, you know, I'd like to. But uh, I got this going. Me and Mama's planting flowers Saturday. 
or the cousins are coming over, we was going to go shopping. Someone said, what do you say to them? Shop on. (laughs) But you're missing God. It ain't up to us to tell people what to do. It's up to people to commit to God. Amen. And do it. You know, the Lord doesn't want you doing anything begrudging it. Unwillingly. And if I ever hear out anybody, well, I will. I don't want to. But no, you won't with me. Mm -mm. Because it is a privilege to serve God. It is an honor to push a broom for him or to clean a place or to do anything for him. It is an honor. And if you don't see it that way, then you ain't qualified. Amen. But you know, people, they'll say, well, okay, you know, yeah, well, maybe next time, Brother Keith, I, you know, this time I just got too much going. Well, they don't realize it, but they didn't tell me that. They told the Lord that. And when are you going to help him? What are you going to do for him? When and where? How? You going to wait till you see him come down from heaven in a vision? And then there's all kind of folk want to know what my job description is going to be. Well, now, what exactly are we going to do? <laughs> Whatever it takes. Hmm? Whatever it takes to get the job done. And people will say, well, that, you know, that's not really my ministry. It's amazing how many people you got want to be on the platform, though. Well, Brother Keith, if you need some help, you know, speaking or, or singing, well, we're ready. Yeah, I know. How come me to get into all that? (laughs) We better keep reading here. He said, Lord, I will follow you to the ends of the earth, wherever you want to go. Jesus said, the foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, son of man has not where to lay his head. You know, Jesus never owned a place of his own because he was on a real short course for the cross. He also didn't get married. You understand what I'm talking about? He'd have just left a widow in three years. And there's a number of reasons why that was that way. But you know, I don't care if you've got a mansion on the hill or if you've got three vacation homes. In your heart, you need to always live in a tent. You understand that? What does that mean? That if the Lord says strike it and go, you will strike it and go. You will liquidate everything. And now that's easier said than done. A lot of folk will nod their heads. But if he calls you on to do it. Well I mean I've got friends here. I built this thing up for you. Yeah I know. But are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a disciple of his? What does that mean? Then you keep his words and you do them. And you follow him fully. Amen. You ready to go anywhere he says go and do anything he says do? In the early part of our following the Lord, I was sitting at a a red light in my car, not even thinking about this, just waiting for it to change. And I got a revelation. I said, I got a revelation. You don't know what it was? God is smarter than me. Now you might think you didn't already know that. Well, yeah, if you had asked me, I'd have said, well, I, for sure, that's right. But it just dawned on me in a light that I hadn't seen it before. What do you mean? God is smarter than me. He knows he made me. He knows what makes me tick. He knows better than I do 
what I would like and what is good and what is right for me. Amen? And if I will will to do his will, and like the psalmist said, delight by faith to do his will, he's smarter than me. And I learned back then, and if you haven't learned, make the decision in your heart. If I'm looking at something and thinking, you know, oh boy, that's what I want to do. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I want to do. And if he says, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want you to do that, then I go, right. Now that you mention it, I don't even like it. You know, and your flesh says, I sure do like it. You say, shut up. I didn't ask you, head. He don't like it. I don't like it. Are you looking at going and something and you're saying, oh, no, that's not me. Mm -mm, I'm sorry. That's just not my thing. That's not my ministry. And the Lord says, I want you to do that. Then you go, right. (laughs) You know, now that I look at that again, that's just exactly what I want to do. Why? Because he's smarter than I am. If he says that's for me, then that's for me. Right? Even if my head is telling me, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You say, shut up, shut up, shut up, head. Jesus is my Lord. If he says that's it, that's it. Amen. Follow him fully. Let's finish reading this. Verse 59. He said to another, what? Follow me. Wonder is he still calling people today? Wonder if Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Wonder if he's still calling people, come on, follow me. Go with me. Follow me. And yet what does the scripture say? Many are called. You know why few are chosen? People won't follow. They're too busy. Well, yeah. You know, soon as I get this done, and soon as I get my business on its feet a little better, and soon as we get the house paid for, and soon as we get the kids through school, and if you live like that, as soon as you get that, there'll be nine other things. Did you hear me? As soon as you get to them, there'll be 12 other things, and you'll look up and your life will be over. Did you hear me? And you never committed to fully follow Him. And nothing that you worked so hard and sweated for in life a million years from now is going to make any difference. Except, did you do his will? I don't care what you built. I don't care how much money you had. Who knew your name? How many know life is short? It is very, very short. And when it's done, which it soon will be, then the only thing that will matter, nobody will know a million years from now what you did in the natural or care. The only thing that will matter is did you do the will of God. And when you stand before him, the only thing you're going to want to hear is well done. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over much. That is what you're going to want to hear. And the only way that's going to be so is if you commit to him. And every day you get up and you go, Lord, what you want us to do today? We're yours. Everything I am, everything I have is at your disposal. And mean it. I said, and mean it. And then when he calls on you for something, do it. If you have to put everything else on hold, we've lived this way for decades. And it's great. I said, it's great. You wind up in some of the most marvelous places. You'd never dream. God used you to do things you never dreamed he would. Amen. And you look back and go, man, I'm so glad I left that little piece of car and that little nothing junk and followed God. 
Hallelujah. You know, I was, I was in Tulsa shaving one morning and the Lord had really dealt with us about Branson and I, I was working on getting willing. <laughs> I was going to be honest with you, you know, I, cause for one thing, the runway up here is too short. <laughs> and then they don't like, you know, they got rules on the lake that I didn't care for and, and it was this and it was that and it didn't have this and it didn't have that and, and some stuff we'd believed God for years to get and finally had. And now you're just going to walk away from it. And I'm thinking about some of this. And, and the Lord asked me a question. He said, do you believe I can do better for you? I said, yes, sir. I do. Amen. And that settles it right there. How many know if you have faith that God can do better, you can walk away from anything? Because who wouldn't take better? Hmm? But it takes faith, doesn't it? Because you, don't, you can't see it. We ain't seeing it right now. But it ain't over. I said it's not over. Pays to obey God. Another one said, you know, let, he said, follow me. And he said, Lord, uh, okay, but you know, let me first go home and stay with my daddy because he's getting older. And you know, let me just stay with him till he goes home and then I'm going to come. And Jesus said, well, that's fine. As soon as that happens, you come on and hook up. Hmm? I'm reading scripture, right? I am now. Verse 60. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. You do what I told you. Hmm? You go and preach the kingdom of God. Verse 61. Another one said, Lord, I want to follow you too. But... That's the end of it right there as far as the Lord's concerned. You, you say but and you ain't qualified. That's right. I want to Lord. I want to. But no. He said but. You know let me go home. And tell everybody goodbye. At my house. Do you hear what he's doing? This is not just let me say goodbye. He's going okay. Let me go home and tell mama bye. <laughs> Let me close up my shop and tell Junior we're going to miss him. And the Lord said, bless your heart. I know it's hard, but all right, you go ahead when you get set. Now, what did he say? People, a lot of folks, we're talking about knowing the ways of Jesus. If you tell Jesus this today, what's he going to tell you? Same thing he said back then. He never changes. And what did he look at him and say? Come on, you need to read it. He said, no man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is even fit for the kingdom of God. Ooh, that's hard. No, listen, it's got to be that way. Have you found out, if you haven't, you need to realize that the Lord is very, very serious about your commitment to him. And it absolutely is not debatable. It is not open to discussion. You're either going to give him your all or you're not. Did he actually say, I would rather you were cold or hot? Surely warm would be better than cold. That ain't what he said. What does he want? He says, get in or out. You're going to do it or you're not. Don't play with it. Now, if you don't know that about him, you better learn it. 
And it's not okay for him to kind of also be on the list. He's got to be absolutely number one. That's it. He's number, ain't nobody even close to him. No family member, no object, no item, no occupation, no hobby can even be remotely close to him. Number one, that's it. He's number one. And if he says do something, then it don't make any difference what anybody else said. I know most people don't live that way, but if you want his full blessing, if you want the full victory, if you want the full reward, that's the only way. Everybody say follow fully. Are you having fun yet? (laughs) Go to John 10. I got so much here. Believe with me for the rest of this. I don't want to take too much time, but I don't want to short you either. In John, the 10th chapter. John chapter 10. In John 10, Jesus said, verse uh, 3 said, he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. You see later in here it says Jesus is the good shepherd. It didn't say he's the good cowboy. I said, why did you say that? Because cowboy drives a herd. Jesus does not drive you. Like an eastern shepherd of old, many places today people still shepherd sheep like that over there. They know every one of their sheep by name. And they call them by name, Fluffy, Spot, Speck, Spiffy, whatever, you know, come on. And they just start leading, and like little dogs, they come out and start following them. And that's the picture Jesus paints for us. He said, I'm the good shepherd, and I call my sheep, Keith, Phyllis, John, Bob, Craig, Susie. And then what happens, what's supposed to happen next? Do you have to follow? No, you do not. Will he make you follow? No, he will not. I said, no, he will not. Will he make you follow close? He won't make you follow at all. And as leaders in the body of Christ, as pastors, we're not supposed to try to make people do things. We're supposed to set the example. Lead ourselves. Bring the vision and call. Come on, let's go. And then it's up to people. If they want to, they will. If they don't, they won't. What if they won't do it, Brother Keith? Well, then they won't. Well, I'm going to pray that God will make them. You're wasting your time. Ain't going to happen. Must say, well, I don't believe that. Now, I just believe that God, if he wants something, then he can make people do it. Well, then you believe wrong. That's not how he is. There was a minister speaking a certain place and uh, he's talking about this kind of thing he said some people say well I just believe God's God now if he wants you to do something then you're going to do it bless God he'll make you do it and he said that ain't so and one fellow jumped up well bless God I believe it's that way and without thinking he said just up out of his spirit he said well, why don't he make you pay your tithes then <laughs> didn't know the man never met him but he said the guy ducked down behind the pew <laughs> see he wanted to mouth off in front of everybody and God just told off on him in front of everybody God won't make you pay your tithes. He won't make you pray. He won't make you read your Bible. He won't make you get up in the morning and go to church. He's not going to make you get saved, much less anything else lesser. Hmm? It's up to you. I mean, you can go home tonight and want to bless people, 
pray and get up in the morning and give money to the poor. Or you could get crazy on the way home and decide you're going to rob a filling station. You do have a free will. Oh, but if you're smart, when he calls, you'll rustle right up and go, here, I'm right here. Yes, sir. Here I am. Ready for duty, ready for service. What you need, master? He said he puts forth his own sheep. He goes before him. His sheep follow him and they know his voice and a stranger they will not follow. They'll run from a stranger because they know not the voice of strangers. Verse 11, I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Verse 27, skip down to that. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow, they what? They follow me. I'll give them eternal life and they'll never perish and no man, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. How many believe when you follow Him close, you're right in the middle of the palm of His hand, amen, and you're safe, and you're blessed, and you're kept, and you'll be increased. It won't always be easy, but it'll turn out right, amen. You'll have grace for it. You'll overcome. The needs will be met. Amen? But if you do your own thing and you stick to and try to have your own plan and won't listen, it'll cost. And if you try to hold on to your plan in your life, what did Jesus say? You will. You'll lose it. You'll lose it. I want you to go to two openings with me and I'm closing. Turn with me to Numbers. Well, Hosea first. Excuse me. Hosea 6. And then we'll go to Numbers 32. Hosea 6. Hosea is in the Old Testament. Anybody know where Hosea is at? (laughs) 798 on somebody's Bible. That don't match mine. I'm 1,076. If you'll just go to uh, Daniel, maybe if you can find Daniel. Then just turn over a page. Anyway, Hosea, the sixth chapter, Hosea 6 and verse 1. He said, come, let us return to the Lord. He's torn, he'll heal us. He's smitten, but he'll bind us up. And after two days, he'll revive. And the third day, he'll raise us up and we'll live in his sight. Get this, verse 3. Then shall we know. You want to know some things? Then shall we know if we do what? If we follow on to know the Lord. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. With the Lord, like the proverb said, the path of the just is like the shining light. It shines brighter and brighter to the full day sun. You won't get more light until you walk in the light you have. You won't get more direction until you obey what you already have. You remember when uh, 
Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul, when he met the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. And you remember what he told him? He said, go into the city and it'll be told you what you're supposed to do. What if he hadn't gone to the city? What if he had just said, well, why do I need to go to the city? I mean, I need to know what to do. The Lord told you what to do. Go to the city. But see, so many folk insist on walking by sight and they'll say, well, why do that? Walking by faith means you don't know why. You're not going to see everything. I know people, you know, they want the Lord to sit down with them with their daytimer. And tell them, all right, now next week we're going to do this. And then next month we'll get into this. And then six months from now you'll be doing this. He will give you the Spirit of God, says, by the Spirit rather, uh, glimpses of things to come. But never is He going to give you the whole picture. Why? He doesn't want to. He wants you to walk by faith. And He'll tell you, go to that meeting. And you'll go, wonder why. And that's it. You won't hear anything else. And it might be one of the most important things of your life to be in that meeting. And He won't tell you. He'll just say, go to the meeting. And I don't mean you're hearing a voice. I just mean you have a sense in you. You know, I should do that. So in this offering, go visit this person. Call this individual on the phone. Pray this. Someone said, why won't the Lord tell you the whole picture? I already told you. He doesn't want to. He's a faith God. And he requires that we operate by faith. He'll say, open a door. And he'll say, go through that door. And you'll go, what's in there? What's on the other side? And you'll hear nothing. Silence. Because you know all you need to know to walk by faith. Amen. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Got to walk by faith. Amen. Go to your next scripture, please. And I am trying to close. Numbers 32. Talking about Jesus' ways. Jesus called people to follow him. What did he expect them to do? You remember that he, you know, the rich young ruler came. You remember that without turning to it? And he said, Lord, what can I do to obtain eternal life? And he told him about the commandments. He said, I've kept all those from my youth up. You know, what else do I lack? He looked at him. Bible said, loved him. He said, you lack one thing. He said, uh, Say what you got, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And it wasn't that it was just wrong for the man to have wealth, but he did put his finger on the problem that wealth meant more to him than obeying God. And it was proven because he was immediately depressed and sad, because he had great wealth, and he wouldn't do it. But you know, Peter piped up and said, Lord, we've left everything and followed you. What about us? Remember what Jesus said? He said, there's nobody that's left. I'll paraphrase. Kin folks, houses, lands, stuff, business, whatever. For me and for the kingdom of God's sake, he will receive now in this time a hundredfold family and mothers, brothers, sisters, houses, lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. Does it pay to follow God? In Numbers 32 and verse 11, 
Numbers 32 and verse 11, the Lord said, verse 10, his anger was kindled the same time. Now, why was his anger kindled? He told those guys, he said, go up and take the land. I've given it to you. They went up there and they saw it was rough. They saw the giants. They saw the walled cities. And they came back and said, we can't do that. Those folk will kill us. And they sat in their tent and cried. Caleb and Joshua, you remember what they said? They said, yes, we can. God is with us. And their defense is gone from them. And God's with us. He told us, we can do it. Let's get up and go take it. Let's go do what the Lord said. And the rest of them got so mad, they wanted to stone them. Wanted to kill them. And they said, no, we can't. And the Lord was angry with them. And what did he say? Verse 11, surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward will see that land that I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Why? Because they have not wholly or fully followed me. Now, man, this is a real revelation here, isn't it? Do you understand? Even though God had that planned for them, it was his will. It was his plan. He already picked it out for them, yet they never enjoyed it because they wouldn't commit to it. They wouldn't step out by faith and follow. Look at the rest of it. Verse 12, save or accept. There was somebody that did. He said, accept for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Why? For they have wholly, fully followed the Lord. Glory to God. That's a good word. I mean, you got to remember now, this lasted for 40 years. They wouldn't follow them. Joshua and Caleb stood up. They're in their prime. They're warriors. They're ready to go. They said, come on. God's with us. We've made it this far. God's brought us out of Egypt. He's done all this for us. He won't let us down. Come on, let's go. And they said, "Uh uh-uh. No, no, no. We're going to stay right here. We can't do that. And for 40 years, that's a long time, 40 years round and around, out there in 120 degree temperatures with scorpions and snakes and barely surviving, and every night, Caleb and Joshua sit around the campfire and eat their manna cakes. <laughs> and Joshua would look across the fire at Caleb and said, I don't care what the rest of them are doing. I'm going in. Amen. And Caleb said, you got that right. You remember we were over there and got that big bunch of grapes? You remember that nice place up on the hill with that valley? Yeah, he said, that's mine. <laughs> remember that whole mountain over there to the side? That's Calebville. That's mine. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, they're still looking across the campfire, telling each other stories. Joshua said, yeah, you see that really pretty place had the lake behind it and had that little knoll on the side? That's Joshua Town. I'm taking it. And bless God, after 40 years passed, all the rest of the doubters and naysayers and folk that wouldn't commit were dead and gone. And Joshua and Caleb, 80 years old. But at 80 years old, Caleb stood up and said, give me that mountain. And by the grace of God, he took it. They took, everybody say they took it. 
They took it. They went in there. He put up the sign, Calebville. Amen. He ate the big grapes that it took two men to haul. He put his hammock up out there on the palm trees. And he was swinging the wind in the Canaan's land. Why? And the Bible says the reason it happened is because he and Joshua, out of all those others, they fully followed the Lord. Their heart was wholly committed. Nothing else was above it. Nothing else discouraged them and got them to quit. They fully followed him. Stand on your feet, everybody. Say it out loud. I'm going to fully follow him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.